Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began. And Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turn of the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Cast. Newest news on the oldest toys. From bubble bath to belt buckles. From 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars Collection. We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive with informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. And Octavia with Tempest The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. Featuring your host, Sky Payne. Even Chewbacca. 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 This week's co-host, Stephen B. Danley. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Package. New from Kenner. Kenner's Star Wars action figures each sold separately. Alright, Wampa Wampa, everybody. Welcome to Kivecast number three. Number three, where are we, Steve? We are in Sacramento, California. Sacramento? Why are we in Sacramento, Steve? We are in the presence of an awesome, awesome Stormtrooper collection. That's right, we're at the, what is this, the fourth meeting of the Star Wars Vintage, wait a minute, California Vintage Star Wars Collectors Club. That's right. We named it, maybe we should remember what it's called. (laughs) Anyways, we are at uh, Don's house, a.k.a. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven, copyright. And uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's here in presence. We're recording this live in front of, how is it, 20, 30, 40, 50, four other people. It's kind of <laughs> weird. They're just kind of here watching us. But we're going to get to them. We're going to include them into the Kive cast. We're going to find stories about uh, collecting in the olden days. We're going to learn about stormtroopers. We're going to learn about mortar heads. Uh, we're currently scaring uh, all the nice people in the neighborhood. Uh, hey, audience, is there, is there any news we should talk about? <laughs> Questionable. I, did I hear speckled jawas? Watch out! It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. All right, well, we're coming to you now from the remote recording location from Steve's pad, the silent but domicile. And uh, what we thought was, at the time, you know, we were pretty tired, we'd taken the long drive, and Steve and I hadn't really been paying attention to the Star Wars news, because baseball season had just started, and uh, we're both pretty big into fantasy baseball, and at the time, man, he was in first place. For the one day in the history of our league. Yeah, I told you, you know, why don't you gloat? And he was like, no, I can't gloat. Anyways, the next day, he fell into, like, eighth place. (laughs) And then I jumped into first, but I'm very close to losing. But as I record, I am currently in first place, so, uh... I'll live it up until Brock steals it from me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so now we're, we're going to get into the news. And actually, Steve, I noticed it's been pretty quiet lately. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it, it definitely has been uh, compared to the stuff we've covered the last couple months. But um, definitely there's some stuff. It feels to me kind of like we're getting ready for the summer, getting set for ce- Celebration 5. And there's going to yeah. be lots of big news coming up about all the fun stuff that will be going on. So what I noticed was there, there was a lot of... Uh, Almost debates. You know, there's a debate about uh, the nature of repros, which I would like to get into, but in an official debate D8. (laughs) Um, There was a lot of – there's a big debate about uh, speckled Jawas. Right, from Australia. Right, which we decided is an STD and we should just move on. (laughs) And then there was this uh, thing, this guy Marcus in Germany, uh, who goes by Sissy Fromm. 
Yeah, he's in what droids character? Yeah, he's the the big uh, the big blue guy. Right. Not he, he's Tig Fromm's brother. I don't know about brother. I don't know what he is. He's his boss. Anyway, he's oh so Sissy's Mate. the boss. I think so. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. I never really watched the show, but uh, so he posted this uh, this interesting thread, and he said, "I'm scared about showing my collection because some people could mail me and ask me for stuff." Or, during a deal, they will only trade with me instead of selling because they know what I have. And I want to add stuff, but never sell or trade. Unless I have doubles. So, I still have a handful of Vader items I have not shown in my Vader run. And I don't know if I should post them. I hope you know what I mean. What do you all think? So, what was I, I, think, uh, I think a lot of us probably knew what he meant. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, whenever you show <laughs> anything... Immediately, you get 15 emails if someone wants it, and they say, can I get it? Can I have it? What do you have? Um, unless so, it's the B-Wing pilot. Unless it's the B-Wing <laughs> pilot, in which case, you know, there's uh. n- nothing Steve could do to drum up interest <laughs> in that stupid character. No, I'm just kidding. He's great. Um, we, we're going to address an email later that said I'm a big jerk, which I actually I already knew. Um, so a lot of people uh, chimed in, uh, a lot uh, some of the older collectors who don't like to show things say, oh, no, don't show it off. It's not worth the hassle. Some people are afraid of getting robbed. Um, my personal standpoint was people won't know to sell you things unless they know what you have. That's definitely a good point. Uh, yeah, you know, it's good to get yourself out there. And, well, he wound up setting up a limelight. And so I think that's going to be our, our limelight this week. And uh, I'll have a... Uh, link to this in our show notes, and that's uh, Sissy Fromm's uh, um, uh, Darth Vader collection, which is, again, another amazing, outstanding, not only original 12 character, but an amazing uh, uh, Darth Vader run. Yeah, I mean, major character, and there's so many great Vader collectors out there, and this is just another one. That yeah, and, and yet he manages to have right some, some unique stuff. Uh, once again, for I'm, I'm 0 for 2 here in, in trying to get uh, the thread up on my <laughs> site. I'm going to hit pause here. I'm going to hit pause. So yeah, so he, uh, so Sissy Fromm, Marcus, in uh, Cologne, or Cologne, I think they say in Germany. I've been there. It's a beautiful, beautiful town. Uh, he shows everything. He divides it by country first. And he has a really an astounding collection. I mean, he's got uh, very rare Canadian pieces, very rare American pieces, Argentina. Some great stuff in Japan. Yeah, Japan, yeah. the Netherlands, Italy, UK. I mean, it's just an amazing an amazing display, as well as a whole bunch of proof cards. Yeah. And Vader proofs are really hard to come by. And as if to underline the point of what he's saying, you know, why why should you show things around? There is, in fact, another amazing Darth Vader uh, focus run that came up at about the same time. Yeah, I think uh, I think his name's Pat uh, Darth Daddyus. Yeah, Darth Daddyus, <laughs> you gotta love the name. <laughs> all you all you Star Wars daddies. And again, he has just an amazing run. He has, you know, perhaps if you had to compare them, he has maybe more um, production carded. It seems, or I can't even. It's tell. hard to tell. I mean, because he he does it by by film card back. Right, it's uh, it's just, and and as I, I believe I mentioned last week, you know, when you when you don't know who's collecting what, you know, I have a, a, a Vader item. I use this as an example, and I've never seen anything like it. It's got a very special Italian sticker on the back. It's a tri logo with an Italian sticker, mm-hmm. and no one really cares about it. Uh, I know I'd be falling over myself if it was a Chewbacca, but anyways, I'm holding on to it to trade, and I thought there was three 
uh, serious Darth Vader collectors. And now I know there's at least five. Right. Because yeah. I mean, these two guys just dropped this collection out of nowhere. So uh, it's it's pretty exciting and a, a pretty uh, pretty big pretty big limelight uh, month for uh, for Vader. Yeah, <laughs> for Vader. So I think that's pretty much all we're going to do for the news. I think we should go back in time, Steve. <laughs> that sounds good. I think we should flash backwards we, to the meeting gonna, in Sacramento. World style or Back to the Future? I don't know what what either of those <laughs> means, Steve. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know Wayne's World back to. Oh, okay. All right, we'll go. Yeah, so we're here at Don's. We're here for this meeting. And uh, this is our fourth meeting, like I said. So what it is, is we started this club to have uh, just a bunch of vintage folks, that is, people who collect vintage toys, like you, our mm-hmm. fine listener, um, <laughs> unless you hate vintage and you're just listening out of spite. Uh, you're just, you know, uh, we decided why not have a club where we can all get together, sit around, do some trades. Steve, you sold some cases today? Some cases, yeah. You that st- was a big sale of the day. Well, you <laughs> sold me a Death Squad commander. Yeah, that's right. I'm was, technically was... not buying right now, so no one call my wife. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we all get together and check out collections, and we just went, we ate at a, uh, an awesome sandwich place. What was the name of that place, Steve? Mr. Pickles. Mr. Pickles. <laughs> and uh, it's cool, because uh, it's the California club, so we started, let's see, the furthest away was all the way down in L.A., in yep. Glendale. So we had Phidias and uh, Mark, and they drove up to Santa Barbara to meet up with us. And then we drove all up to Modesto. Well, not quite Modesto. Not quite Modesto. We got lost in a place called Hell's Ferry. <laughs> and it was in the middle of nowhere. We call it, It's not even on the GPS. No. And uh, we wound up having to turn around in this weird, like, I think it was like a, a cow veterinary hospital. <laughs> all we know is we stopped and we got out and there was this sick cow that just... <laughs> just oh, how did that sound, Steve? I, I that, you, uh, yeah, that's about it. It, it, to the, it haunts us to this day. So we, some locals pulled us over. See, the problem with that is that you see guys taking pictures of a cow farm at yeah. about one thirty in the morning. Uh, you, you don't want to stick around long. No, no. So anyways, so we finally got back on track. You know, had a good road trip going. Uh, I ate an orange cupcake, which made me. You know, the hostess orange cupcake, Steve. <laughs> I ate two of them, and you're really not supposed to eat even one. I got quite sick. But uh, it was cool. Phidias had a, had a vomit bucket in his front seat. And we made it to Mark's place, and it was great. And we uh, woke up, ate at Denny's, saw a dude with a head tattoo get arrested. It was like cops. And then we're here in Sacramento. So we spanned three, what, three quarters of the state. You realize that the state is pretty big. It's pretty big, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's been a long trip, but it's all been worth it. And that's, you know, what we talk about here a lot on the Kivecast is, you know, it's a lot about collecting and displaying and uh, information, but it's really a lot about community. And this is, in my opinion, the best part of the hobby. Although I have to admit, you know, I've got my back here up against Don's Stormtrooper collection. <laughs> and uh, I think if I knock this over, the community part would end and he'd probably whoop me. So uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get to that. It's vintage. So here we are at the uh, at the California Vintage Star Wars Collectors Club meeting, 
And uh, we're actually pretty lucky here because we have a couple of coin collectors. Now, I know absolutely nothing about uh, vintage coins. And when I say nothing, I mean I sound like an idiot whenever I ask questions. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a couple experts that are here who probably don't want to be called experts. Uh, we got uh, Mark Huber. Are you an expert? I'm not quite an expert, but I'm getting there. All right. And then we have uh, Phidias, who's already talked to us. Are you an expert, Phidias? I wouldn't say that. No. Uh, he's saying no, but uh, <laughs> all right, that's cool. So, so here we are in the vintage vocab. So, you know, I'm looking at your collection, and and how many does it take to have a complete set? That would be a total of 62 coins, and that's ranging from the category one coins that were released on the uh, first Power of the Force um, figure coins. Um, carded coins, and then we have the second series, which is the re-releases of the original figures, um, and then you have the, the three sets of the Category 3 and 4 and 5, which are the mail-away figures. Uh, some cards actually had a little mail-away sticker that allowed you to, with a few per, uh, with a proof of purchase, um, get an actual coin, which was usually done at random, and it was usually a Warwick coin, or... Ooh, exciting, Warwick! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so there's categories one through five, but then I noticed you know you have some other things going. All right, we got Don doing some research in the back over there. This is getting pretty good. Yeah, maybe he's the expert. Yeah, maybe he's the expert. <laughs> All right, so then we got those 62, but often what I'll see is there'll be other coins. Like right. there'll be a 63rd coin. What, what is the 63rd coin? Is that the one you want to tell me? Yeah, the, the 63rd coin is a um, image of a hand with a lightsaber. What the 63rd coin was was on the 93 back co uh, card that they were going to release. Uh, there was going to be a coin album where you could actually display your coins to your family and friends. Um, or just your family, as the case may be. <laughs> exactly, if you're collecting <laughs> coins at an early age. <laughs> uh, and the 63rd coin was going to be included with that album uh, once you mailed away for it, and it was going to be in a gold color, uh, kind of little faded from the uh, gold color in the droids coin line. Okay, so it's like a gold coin. It's got presumably Luke's hand from the Power of the Force holding up the lightsaber. So that must be, I mean, is that is that rare? It's rare uh, in terms of uh, prices with the production coins. Uh, the silver one, um, which is typically not what the production piece was going to look like, that uh, there is more of those than there are of the gold coin. Uh, and the rarest of the colors is the bronze coin, and there's only a handful of those that, that exist. Right, and that's the main question I've been having for you. you know, we went to your house. It was really cool. Uh, Mark has this whole setup where his dad... Uh, he didn't throw away any boxes or inserts or anything. So Never. he has his whole collection all set up the way it used to be, and uh, you know, right from the store. It's so like it's really Christmas cool. 1982 all over again. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's permanently Christmas in his house in Modesto. Once you can get there past the sick cows. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, but uh, so he has this whole coin collection, and I didn't understand what he's talking about because Figius is there and he's asking him all these questions like, uh, so how many how many bronze ones do you have? What is a bronze coin? Over to you, Mark Huber. All right. Uh, the bronze coin is uh, what we were discussing is the actual po Power of the Force coins, the silver ones. Uh, they um, they were testing out the coins for when they released the Ewok line. Uh, the Ewok coins were supposed to be cast in bronze. In order to test the anodizing process, they used what coins they had. And um, they ranged from Imperial Dignitary, um, Han and Carbonite. We've got uh, Lando. Uh, we've got several of coins, approximately, I think, around nine or ten. Okay. Only 10, okay. Yeah, that are actually in a bronze color. Okay, so that's really cool. So you get this idea, so they're all pre-production then? Pretty much, yes. Okay, yeah. so you, you basically have this guy, the, the people in the factory, they take the actual silver, so that's the basic coin, is the silver Correct. power of the force coin, and then they restruck them to test out the color. Correct. So, but, uh, all right, so then, so we got the bronze, we got mm -hmm. the silver, so then, you know, who, who wins the Michael Phelps here? What's the gold? <laughs> 
really the gold coins aside from the production droids coins uh, the gold coins are the uh, the 63rd coin which we went over before right. as well as the a-wing pilot test coin uh, obviously they wanted to test out the gold coloring on a coin that they had available and they used it on the a-wing pilot coin well thank you so much videos for joining in here <laughs> <laughs> I had to say something yeah so so is that all the colors then for all the coins we got the the bronze the silver we and have the, gold? the silver we have the bronze we have the gold we have the light gold and light gold yeah the light gold is the 63rd coin and the okay. a-wing pilot coin and what's the dark gold the dark gold is the droids coins. Okay. so just the droids coins. correct right. and of course the droids coins also come in silver oh yeah, phidias those are pretty cool so yeah, phidias why do the droids coins come in silver I don't know. <laughs> Mark, why did the droids coins come in silver? Uh, the droids coins that came in silver, obviously, they wanted to... Um, good question, actually. I mean, it makes sense. Well, obviously, they were doing the pre-production, they were doing the tests, and, you know, obviously, when they were stamping out the aluminum coins, what comes out? Aluminum silver coins. So that's before the process of the coloring is added to the oh. coin itself. So it's almost like a proof. Correct. Ah, oh, but in silver. Wow, those sound like the cool ones to me. That's actually, I prefer those uh, over the gold coins since the gold really doesn't, you know, show the details of the, of the sculpting uh, on the coin themselves. Um, I kind of favor the silver ones. Right. All right. Well, that's good. That's just because I don't know much about coins, I don't want to exclude them from the conversation here on the Kivecast. And so to have you guys, after being in the car ride and having you guys talk about it for like six hours while we're here. <laughs> we're sorry. No, no, it's, it's, it's good to learn. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's a pretty good introduction. I think what we're going to do here is. Uh, Steve and I, after we leave this meeting, we're going to go back to the uh, Kivecast laboratory. We're going to look up some auctions and, and try and figure out what the price difference is on, is on all these and, and uh, really profit from this experience in learning about coins for the California Collectors Club. So thank you, uh, Phidias, and thank you, Mark, for... Uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> One dollar flicks. Market Watch. future here with uh, Steve, and he's looked up the prices of some coins. So we learned all about the bronze and the light bronze and the dark gold and the light silver <laughs> and do. So uh, Steve, show me, tell me, what are, what are some of the prices right now here in March? It's March, right? April. We're already in April. Yeah. Man, time is moving fast. Uh, what are the prices in April 2010? Like, what's the price for a, a Category 1 coin at this so point? So we started with the Category 1s, which I think uh, he'd explained is the stuff that originally for those Power of the Force characters. Um, these, you know, these are the, the easiest to come by. Um, the least interesting. Like, <laughs> from a, a rarity standpoint. Right, right. From a rarity standpoint. So uh, you've got some that are anywhere from like $2 to $12, which I thought was pretty surprising. Some of the same characters would sell for $2 or $12. Which always goes to show, you know, wait before you hit that, buy it now. For sure. So, right. so you got say, so let's let's get to me. Let's say you know two to twelve. What's the price range for category two? So we move up to category two. These are those uh, figures that were uh, originals that were reissued. Um, so we got uh, one thing I found here was a Luke Jedi that was that sold for eighteen fifty. All right, getting up there. It's getting there, and then uh, an Obi Wan Kenobi that sold for nineteen dollars. All right, both of them about the same time frame. So. You kind right. of get that range, you know, twenty dollars ish range for the category twos. All right, moving up to three, what do we got there? So we go for a Luke original at uh, uh, Farm Boy. Farm Boy, yeah. Tash, Tashi, Tashi Station Luke, as yeah. I like to call him. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> we got one of those that sold for uh, about twenty eight dollars. 
between those two. So we're saying probably about thirty bucks, almost like ten dollars per category. Right. What, what about category four? What, what are we doing there? Uh, let's see. I found there was an Adat coin which uh, sold for fifty-two dollars. Wow, eighty eighty, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get back to that. Yeah, that's that's later. Uh, the Droids coin, which had the Power Droid, and I think uh, the Death Droid. I can't remember which droids are on that coin, but that one, which was this is this is a big jump. It went all the way up to one seventy-two fifty. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it, this is, and then even further, there was an Imperial Commander that didn't sell, but it was listed for three twenty-five. Dang. So I think once you get into these these category four and fives, the prices can jump around a little bit. All right. So let's get the drum roll here. What's up for category five? <laughs> all the way up to category five. There was a Han Solo original, the original figure. Uh, it sold for $153 on a best offer. The asking price was uh, $259. All right. So it sold for $153. And then you, there was a 21B that was listed at $279, but it didn't sell at that price. So it seems like the category 4s and 5s, I mean, you, you got that you know low 52 for the AT-AT, AT-AT, or all the way up to to about, you know, getting towards $300 for, for a 21B. So... It's uh, it's interesting. I, I I didn't know that there was. I knew some of these coins would fetch a lot of money, but I didn't realize there was such disparity even between the single category. So. Right. All right. Well, I think uh, that's that's some pretty good news. And also, it it really uh, it really fluctuates because I remember at one point Greedo coins were going for right. like eight hundred dollars a piece. Yeah. And, yeah. You get certain coins that would just have a. a get hot. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, then let's let's segue that into the nugget from the archive. We're gonna keep this. It's kind of like half coin. Half stormtrooper archive cast today. I don't know what the meaning is of that, but uh, let's uh, let, let's hit up the archive, Steve. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. So. What, what we wanted to show today from the archive was something that we held in our very own hands those couple weeks ago <laughs> when we were at uh, the Project Stormtrooper, which yeah. is what uh, Don calls his collection. So uh, what we're going to post here on the, uh, on the show notes is the Stormtrooper coin original plaster sculpting. <laughs> so, Steve, you're a little more into the 3D stuff than I am. Uh, tell, you know, first of all, so you get a visual image, if in case you're walking around and you don't see the picture, it's about the size of a plate, about the size of a normal dinner plate, and it's got the image of the stormtrooper uh, from the coin. So he's holding his gun, looking about as tough as a stormtrooper can be. And uh, it's got a little bit of green stuff around it. And frankly, it doesn't look that interesting when you see a picture of it, in my opinion. Right. When you see one of these in person, it really you really can appreciate it much more than you can in pictures. Yeah, uh, you, you want to own this the second that you hold it. It's just it's a very tactile thing. So, what what is this, Steve? So, this is basically the source for all these little coins that were produced all over the world. You know, spread throughout the world, and uh, it's sculpted in a positive. So it's you know a three dimensional image, just like the coin itself, and it's sculpted at about six times the size of the production coins. So you really see all the details of the sculpt when you see, you know, a lot of work went into these. You can't, it's hard to appreciate when you see just the regular coin. When you see the sculpt or, you know, another prototype, you really can appreciate the detail. And uh, most of these were done in plaster, um, depending on who was sculpting them. And uh, this one that Don has, um, so the green that you see there uh, is apparently it's something they used for the mold release so that you could get the, the hard copy, the first hard copy off of this thing without you know, without too much difficulty. So you'll see a lot of the sculpts will have that kind of green residue on some of it. Okay, that's what that is. Yeah. All right, because we actually use green and white dinner plates in our house. So, uh, 
got, got me hungry. But yeah, awesome. I you know take a look at this uh, when you're in Sacramento. Uh, you know, give uh, give, give Don a call, see if you can check it out, or just uh, if you ever can try and see one of these sculpts uh, up 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 close because it really is impressive and it's the very beginning of these collectibles. You know, there's whatever thousands of these coins made, and they all come from this one sculpting. Yeah, and definitely also once you you know if you're interested in these things, I would check out that that article a coin is born because yeah. I've, I've read it I don't even know how many times and every time it, you it's just there's a lot of stuff to process so it's definitely worth looking into if you're interested in these coins because yeah that, that's the real nugget from the archive it's a coin is born which we'll also have a link to that on the show notes and that is the uh, special feature on the archive uh, that was. Um, I think it was written by a couple was, people. Or couple people. I think Ron Salvatore was the main author, but a lot right. of the information came from a lot of other contributors. Right, right. And I imagine Christian Gullias, who's all over the Kaif cast these days. Oh yeah, Gus Lopez, Todd Chamberlain, and yeah, and Ron. So, anyways, it's a, a very. I think I need to go back and look at it and read it myself because, uh, as I've mentioned a few times, I don't know that much about coins. But thanks to the Kaif cast, I do. So, uh, all right, should we do the the little uh, Wayne's World noise and and, and get back? <laughs> Alright, so we have our first official sponsor of the Kivecast. We are here with uh, Mark Enright. Mark, are you going to pay me? Do you have like a nickel or a dollar in your pocket? I have two dollars. Two dollar bill. Uh, just a two dollar bill? Exactly. Are you willing to, to sponsor the Kivecast? I am the first official sponsor of the Kivecast. Alright, so the two dollar sponsor for the Kivecast, much different than the one dollar blicks, is Mark Enright. And uh, we wanted to feature him not only because he's a member of the uh, California Vintage Star Wars Collectors Club. I got that name right eventually. But also because he's an artist, and he's been doing something for... How many years have you been doing this? Uh, I started this in 2006. 2006. He started his own company out of his garage. It's, uh, Mortarheads? Mortarheads, yes. Mortarheads. So what he does is he takes mortar... Well, I don't know what you do. It's awesome. I have like four of them, but what do you do? Basically, I go to Home Depot, I buy a... <laughs> box of mortar mix, I mix them up, and then I draw out a blueprint, and I slap it down, and then I just sculpt whatever character I feel need, I need to sculpt at the time. Wow. Yeah, that's... And then you, you paint them after all that? Uh, prime them, paint them, uh, spray them with a finish, and um, in the end, you kind of get like... Think of it as sort of a Darth Vader collector case Okay. made out of cement. Awesome. But not as thick. About an inch thick. Yeah. I think for your, like, the blurb on your advertisement, just say, like a Darth Vader, you know, collector case, but made out of cement. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, and after you paint them and everything, then you, you, uh, then they're all ready. And they're, they're done at that point? Uh, yeah. They're, they're done. Um, wrap them in bowl wrap, put them in a box, and, uh, if need be, I ship them across the country or, uh, to another country and hopefully cross my fingers that they get there in one piece. Yeah, so he, he sells him, and that's how I learned about Mark. Um, if you check our show notes, or if you go to... I'm setting up a temporary webpage for him, uh, com backslash mortarheads. That's M-O-R-T-A-R heads. One word, right? Correct. All right. So that's... Uh, you can go and check them out. And a lot of the images, like the one that uh, he made for me, it's based on uh, the actual picture from the vintage card back, so if you have a vintage collection, it goes pretty well with the whole uh, with the whole display. I have two outside. I have a Stormtrooper and a Clone Trooper. Uh, the Clone Trooper's for my son. Um, but they're, you know, very cool, and, like, now the grass is overgrown, and they kind of peek out there with their eyes, and uh, they're just an awesome product, and, uh, well, this is why we want you to be our, our, first, uh, our first sponsor, because I think everyone should check it out and send you an email, and do you do, you do anything? I, I mean, you know, <laughs> Don't do will, will you make a sculpture of anything? Um, I will. I try to to base it off of the vintage card art, just because it's 
Most of it is so cool, and the shading. My goal is to make it as 3D looking as possible without it being too 3D. Can you do one of this? <laughs> That's too easy. Yeah, yeah, it's too easy. Yeah, <laughs> Phidias is holding up. I don't know what that is. It's the dune worm. Oh, the dune worm. <laughs> it's about an inch thick. <laughs> But, okay, so you, you try to base it on, on the vintage card art, but you also do modern figures, as is evidenced by the, the clone trooper, and and in general, does, it, does the price vary from piece to piece? Um, yeah, basically it just depends on how difficult it is or how big it is. If I do, I've, I've done a couple of full body ones that are just charged twice as much because it uses twice as much materials, basically. Right. But um, usually it's a kind of a bust idea, like shoulders to the top of the head. Right. Awesome. Well, I encourage everybody to head out there and to, to check out Mortar Heads. I'm going to try to whip up a little commercial for you uh, with the, the Boston accent idea. Should, should, can I do that? Of course, yes. Awesome. Even though I'm originally from Indiana, living in California, yeah. Boston accent works it, for commercials. It works for much sure. better for commercials, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Thank you uh, Thank you so much for, for bringing a little bit of art into our, our vintage community. And every single cent that you buy, every, that you put in, goes into his Walrus Man fund. So he's building the armpit in his house. That's what he calls his, his Walrus Man collection, which is hilarious. And uh, so you have to help out a collector, you know, because uh, he needs more Walrus Man. <laughs> <laughs> so do what you can and order mortar heads. All right. Thanks, Thanks right. <laughs> Hi, this is Boba Doth Eucalys saying you should totally get yourself a mortar head because, like, they're awesome. Mortar heads. When you on Star Wars figures made in cement. All right, Steve, we're going to move on to the debate D8. Are you ready? We're going to settle at least two issues that have been burning forever in the vintage collecting community. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. I'm not going to sit here and debate you. And I can't fight. Fight. What's the battle? And I can't fight. 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 What's the battle? Are you excited? Very much so. All right, the first one. When we're talking to Phidias, going back all the way back to the Usenet days, the first question he ever saw. Hey, guys, when you have your vinyl figures, do you put their capes up or down? All right, Steve, what do you do? Uh, I have mine down. You have yours down? Yeah. Okay, so why? I just thought they looked better that way. I don't know. So for you, it's, all, it's not about... Okay, so who, who here uh, puts them up? Anyone here? All right, so we got Mark over here. Mark Enright. I'm going to pull the Geraldo and walk over with this thing <laughs> to him. Okay, so why do you keep them up? Uh, aren't they up on the back of the card? No. Oh. No, they're not. Spidious? No, they're down. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're down. They're folded down. They're folded down on the card, according to Phidias. Now, we're going to inspect here on Don's collection. He has a vinyl cape Jawa, and the cape is down. Oh, I see. So they're so he's saying on the back of the card, mm-hmm. Mark. You're saying on the back of the card they're displayed up, but but they're actually in. in the figure they're displayed down. So Steve, <laughs> Steve who, who, who wins this debate, you or, or Mark? <laughs> you can't ask me if I win. <laughs> we both win. Yeah. All right. So once again, it remains unresolved. <laughs> unresolved. Those figures, those figures, I've never bought them carded, so I've only yeah. had them loose. So yeah. I never really looked. 
Yeah, so Mark says, it's the way it is on the card back. Steve says, it's the way that they are on the actual card to figure. Now, the reason that a lot of people say not to have them folded down is because it tears the very precious vinyl fabric. To that, I say, <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, I don't have any loose figures anyway. Well, I, I do have the weird Polish Chewbacca with the vinyl cape. Is it up or down? Yeah, I keep that one up. Uh-oh. But I keep it up because it has writing on it. Oh. So, yes. You have one too, don't you, Dom? Yeah, he's pointing at me. I got the Stormtrooper one. Yeah, he has the... The, the Stormtrooper and the cape is up. Have you ever tried to put the cape down? I have not. Yeah, I mean, who would? I mean, there's, they look ugly enough as it is. Even in the two-pack, we, we see over there, Prince, not that there's anything wrong with them, uh, Princess Leia has got her, her cape down. So, Anyways, the debate rages on. Now, now the, the next topic, Steve, I think you know what it is. What is this big debate? We're talking about the, uh, the Bespin Guard, right? The, uh, right, all right. That's, so this just came to my attention, okay? Phidias Barrios, the man in our presence. So traditionally, there are two Bespin security guards. The one that's known as WSG, White Security Guard. WSG? What? WBG. WBG. <laughs> yeah. I'm not so good with acronyms. <laughs> WBG, White Bespin Guard, or BBG, Black Bespin Guard. Now, it doesn't say this on the card back. It just says Bespin Guard. So they don't see color over at Kenner, but Phidias Barrios, he does. So I'm going to go over to him and say, what do you see in the White Bespin Guard? Well, for, uh, for as long as I can remember, it's always been labeled the white bestman guard, you know, by collectors, but the picture on the card back looks like a Japanese guy. <gasps> oh, man! You know, so I, it's, isn't it an Asian bestman guard? Should it be ABG? Should it be ABG, listeners? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. ABSG. What? ABSG. ABSG, right. <laughs> I'm with it. It's cool. <laughs> it's hard to host these things, you know? <laughs> so, so it's true. On the card back, he does kind of have like a close crop beard, and then the figure itself has the Fu Manchu mustache. So then, is this a case of Kenner being kind of stereotypical in making a sort of stereotype of Asians? Maybe it was just easier to paint the mustache than a beard. That's true. It could journey, well, I guess Ben has a beard. Yeah. Ben, so what? <laughs> and, and Medine has a great beard. Yeah, that's oh, right. Right. Is coming over. It's, not, it's not about the beard, though. He looks Asian on the right. card back. Right. It, right. With or without the beard, right? True. Right, that's true. <laughs> So I think the Kivecast is going to is going to make an official position on this. I, I don't think we, we have to say anything about the vinyl cape up or down. But I say much like we're going to make it so people say Chris Jorgulius and not Chris G. We're saying it's the Asian Bespin security guard. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> now if I can only get that clip from um, what was it, Cable Guy? But look at them, they're Asian. I see that. <laughs> but anyways. Oh my god, my kid's Finally, number three, the oldest saw in the world. Wait a minute. How do you pronounce the oh, all-terrain oh, right. armored transport? Right. So, my entire life, I've always called them AT-ATs. And everyone else in the whole universe, except for me, calls them, Steve? The AT-AT. The AT-AT. So, what are the arguments for calling it an AT-AT, Steve, since you're wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess because you got the two vowels in there, it just makes it easy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, at a word. And I never saw the Kenner commercials, so I, I, I don't. I can't really use that as an argument for my case. But I guess they do pronounce it that way in the commercial, right? 
Well, let's see. What does Phidias say? He's, he's nodding his head. I'm going to go back <laughs> over to him. Yeah, they, they call it that in the commercials. Yes. Thank you very much, Phidias. <laughs> <laughs> now, does anyone else here call them AT-ATs besides me? Okay, everyone. Dead silence. <laughs> yeah, dead silence. Everyone's got their headphones on. They're shaking their heads. But this is my argument. I just came up with this on the way up. What do you call the Scout Walker? The so-called ATST. If you call ATATs at ats, then you are a hypocrite. If you don't call them atst. <laughs> so if you don't call it the atst driver, then you're not being consistent. So that's my, that's what I say to you, dear listeners. You can call it the ADAT all you want. ADAT commander, ADAT driver. But you then have to switch to calling it ATS. Uh-oh. Okay, we got, we got, we got the Mark H here. Yeah, I, I bring in a point of order if you want to go with the acronym route. The TIE fighter is not the T-I-E fighter. It is the TIE fighter. Ooh. But isn't it called a TIE fighter in the movie? Don't they say like we're being chased by TIE fighters? So we have we have canon to base that on. <laughs> so when they use the Imperial Walkers in Empire Strikes Back, they never referred to them as ADATs or, as you would say, wrongly, AT-AT. Right. <laughs> so maybe we should just call them Imperial Walkers and just drop it. I see your point. <laughs> no, that's a good point. I don't have a counter to that. I just like the idea of calling them ATST drivers. I <laughs> think that's pretty funny. And I think we'll, uh, the final one is how to pronounce for long. But uh, that one's been very settled by the commercials. It's F, F4LOM. And that's you really just don't like him, do you? <laughs> no, and everyone that collects Forlom is stupid. I said it. No, I don't really believe that. Because uh, there's at least three people who collect Forlom who have awesome collections. Yes. And my stance is all collections are great collections. I just may make fun of them anyways. Isn't that right, Steve? That is completely true. Awesome. Well, I think that was a good debate on a few things. So we've established that I'm wrong about the AT-AT, but I'm going to continue to say AT-AT. <laughs> we've established that Mark is probably wrong about the vinyl cape, but we'll we'll let him slide. And uh, the third one is, it is officially now the Asian Bespin Security Guard. And I want to see it anywhere, WBG. Did I say it right this time? WBSG. WBSG. Right. All right. I was too close to Bellasar Galactica, and you all know how I feel about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Thanks for the debate. Don't know that. Well, I'm going to yak to the face of Don Raskin, the host for the California Vintage Star Wars Collectors Club meeting today. And uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about his collection, how long he's been doing it, what he likes, and kind of get into the uh, Soviet lightning round at the very end. So, uh, Don, tell us uh, a little bit, how, how did it all start for you? I collected Star Wars figures... Mostly because I was working at a record store, and a couple uh, stores down was a comic book store that had some loose Star Wars figures, and it was that flashback to when I was a kid, and I was like, hey, I had those, okay, I'll buy one, oh, I'll buy two, that'll be kind of cool, and my girlfriend at the time looked at me, and she was like, you're going to get them all, and I'm like, no, I'm just <laughs> going to get a couple, and all 92 loose figures later, I 
had all of them and moved on to Carded. And she shook her head and said, you're going to get them all. <laughs> and lo and behold, yeah, I worked on getting all the carded figures and it really came down with my Stormtrooper collection. I was just looking on some way to focus. Right. And that was a good place to just focus. I got a couple key pieces and I just built the focus from there out. So so you had this like comic book store a couple couple streets down and you kind of sort of got in kind of slowly. Uh, what year was this? This was 1994 that I was... Oh, 94. Uh, so a lot like Phidias, kind of like back in the old days and... And just trying to see what was out there. Yeah, it started small just as a whim and kind of developed a lot like Phidias, I'm sure, with the pick up one figure, pick up another, okay, let's find more. Where he was focusing on the carded, I was just really going after loose, which then developed into carded. And I was hitting antique malls, comic book stores. Um, I was driving all over the place. I never actually did discover Toy Shop. I did find another rag that was similar to that. I don't even remember the name of it. That was some action figure magazine that had some info on it. Oh, and you must have been psyched when the internet came out, huh? Yeah, I was <laughs> pretty happy when I actually discovered the internet, which had been out, but I was kind of behind the times. Yeah, you were hanging but out at music stores. Hanging out at music stores. Yeah, you cool need, guy. <laughs> we didn't need internet at music stores. We had records. And, all right, yeah. <laughs> um... Hey, CDs, those things were cool. But, so then when, when did you switch over to being the you know a, a Stormtrooper guy? I started on the Stormtrooper collection. Uh, like I said, I got a couple key pieces. I got a Top Toys carded sample, and then I got a black and yellow Kenner Stormtrooper from... Uh, John Wooden that yeah you know like I, I want to put a picture of that up on the as the show notes I don't I don't know what that is so why don't you say a little bit of what that is the black and yellow thing it was a yellow stormtrooper uh, torso the arms are black and essentially it was done as a Kenner internal figure when they were trying to expand the line they were looking at different ways they could go with already produced figures there's a so this really, is later this is like 80, this is, 85 yeah or? it had to be around uh, 85 after the powers of the force and they were kind of working on expanding stuff there's a really good article about it on the collector's archive all right and a picture of the figure if anyone wants to look at it yeah it's really cool i mean it i wonder if Ken, you know if hasbro's ever thought about like painting their clones a different color and then trying to sell them because that would really work <laughs> doing a few different <laughs> color dots on them oh yeah yeah and, yeah it's, uh, and repainting and repainting existing figures consistently right I I think that would have really worked, though, if they'd done a yellow and black Stormtrooper. Yeah, Might have Like on. the Buzz Squad? Yeah. Maybe a better name. <laughs> but uh, They also worked with uh, doing, like, an all-black Stormtrooper, too, that um, never was produced either. So they were just trying different things. It was it's kind of backwards. Cause, you know, some people, they find the character they want to collect, and they go after it. You sort of had the things, and then you went after it? Or do, is there some kind of something about the Stormtrooper that attracts you particularly? The Stormtrooper, for me, was always iconic. It was what I remember from the film. I mean, watching Star Wars in the theater, I remember... The white stormtrooper armor, you know, the white stormtroopers chasing after Luke and Han. And, you know, as we were discussing earlier, even just the scene with Leia and Luke swing across the chasm and the stormtroopers right. coming after him. And it was just what I remembered. So when I got those couple key pieces, it was like, yeah, okay, I really like the stormtroopers. It's what I remember. That'd be a good way to focus. That'd be a good way, something to really build a collection off of. Yeah, that, that, and, that scene with the across the chasm where you just see, like, their ankles... That is like a really, that's, that's, that, you know, you don't even think about that scene because I don't know, like we're old and we don't think about romantic stuff, but man, that was awesome. It was really, really cool. And then it was kind of awkward where later when you realized Leia was Luke's sister. Right. But, well, you know, <laughs> it was kind of weird. And the stormtroopers were all brothers, so what are we yeah. going to do? <laughs> but, you know, that whole just 
even just uh, Luke and Han running around in the stormtrooper armor right, yeah. was just, you know, so that's what really just caught my interest of, okay, I really like the stormtroopers. I remember them. They're terrible shots, but, you know... I never thought really that cool. as a kid. I always thought, you know, every time was, I watched it, I thought they might kill them this time. Yeah, you were willing to go with it when you were younger. <laughs> right. Okay, so uh, we're going to take questions from the uh, from the audience here, because in the Yak Face Lounge, in the Yak Face Cafe, we have multiple people here. So, so Mark, what do you want to ask them? Uh, what's your favorite piece in your collection? All right, what is his favorite piece? So we, we're standing in front of it. I'll include a picture in our show notes. Let's hear it, Don. That's a tough one to answer. There are probably two that will tie because of my thoughts of I would never, ever get either of these pieces. One is the coin sculpt for the Stormtrooper. Never thought I would ever, ever get it. It was locked up in a collection until the collector obviously decided to sell it to me. And it is awesome. And, and I could show you a picture, and you'd be like, oh, cool, look at that white frisbee. But you really have to look at it and check it out, because it's amazing, the detail. It's beautiful. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I just want, want people to be, uh, to be savvy. No, definitely. And the fact that it's, what, six times the actual size? Oh, right, is yeah. pretty <laughs> <That too. laughs> impressive, so... It's a pretty big piece. The other one that I really was uh, very, very happy to get in ranks as one of my favorite pieces is uh, the Top Toys Stormtrooper hard copy, just because it took me so long to find that. It took me uh, about four years since I knew of it, was talking to the seller who had it originally, and ended up he ended up selling it to another gentleman, collector, and... I had to basically chase after that thing because I didn't know where it was. Had to keep inquiring about <laughs> it. And finally, the guy who ended up with it sold it to me graciously. And I was just super happy to find it and get it. Wow. So four years was a long time. And yeah, that's it a long was way. a lot of dedication and a lot of asking the same question over again. <laughs> Anybody seen this piece? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen it? You have? Can you sell it? <laughs> no? Okay. Would you sell it now? Yeah. <laughs> well, most a lot of people didn't know, weren't talking about where it went, and it fell into one of those, what, you know, what you would view as a black hole collection, where the person has a lot of stuff and they don't talk about it, and no one would really say where it ended up or who had it. And I heard rumors, and oh, I believe this person had it. Oh, this person might have it. So it was a lot of chasing after it. So I can see why you have a tie. We, we like to have one piece, but uh, I, I can see that as being a tie. Any other questions from the peanut gallery? A lot of really amazing stuff, Don, but do you have a Grail Stormtrooper piece? A Grail being a piece that you don't have, right? A piece that you want the most. One of two. And I hate to keep hitting with oh. two answers, but... <laughs> Your Stormtroopers are all about... Yeah, I guess it's black and white. It's black and white, <laughs> but I go gray on this. Uh, I would have to lean toward... Depending on my mood on any given day, I would lean towards either the Powers of the Force proof for the Stormtrooper, which may or may not be attainable, or the Kenner Stormtrooper hard copy, which I know is out there, and that falls into the range of probably not affordable. Um, right. Unless I win the lottery, which I don't think is happening anytime soon. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's... Because uh, it's hard, because he has an amazing run of proof cards, but he just doesn't have the power of the Force, because there's only one, right? As far as I know, there was only one that uh, was in Wooden's run at one point. Right. I haven't seen it or heard of any others existing. Right, so... That's that's tough because you want that sense of completion, but sometimes it's just not possible. Awesome. Any other questions, or should we get to the Soviet lightning round? Soviet. Welcome to the Soviet lightning round. 
That was lightning. That was impressive. Thank you. I wish they could have seen that. That was just amazing visual. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I made lightning fly out of my... Anyways, it's cool. I'm glad it stayed uh, away from the collection. Though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, list your... the the In order of preference, the six Star Wars movies. In order of preference? Yes. As in the one I like the most down to the one I like the least? Yes. Obviously, Empire Strikes Back, number one. Star Wars, number two. We'll go with uh, Return of the Jedi, number three. Revenge of the Sith, number four. Attack of the Clones. And then we're going to end it with probably the Ewok movie, because I don't really consider Phantom Menace to be a Star Wars film. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to forget it. <laughs> All right. The, which one, Caravan of Courage or uh, The Battle for Endor? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Either one. I think they were the same, weren't well, they? Well, one is Wilfred Brimley, so that one well, is automatically better. <laughs> or worse. No, Wilfred Brimley always makes it better. <laughs> Actually, my favorite thing about that movie, The Firm, with Tom Cruise, is the part where he just beats the piss out of Wilfred Brimley. I can watch it over and over again. Wilfred Brimley was in The Thing, so he gets extra credit for yeah, that. <laughs> that's true. All right, so if you were a vintage figure, which one would you be? Oh, you're killing me, because right now the only thing I can think of is white Bestman security guard, because of our debate, <laughs> but that wouldn't be the answer. Because you're not Asian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not Asian. <laughs> but you are a security guard, right? I mean, yeah. you, you do security for uh I do security for a local comedy club. That's true. So I think you would be the white Bestman security guard. And it's <laughs> even if you're Asian, you know, it's cool. You know, Steve's not a beaming pilot, and he identifies with it. Wow, that's a, that's a cool that's a cool answer because most people just say what their focus is. But you think you'd be more of that? Or I guess you could be Emperor's Royal Guard. That would be cool. I I like that. They had cool armor. Yeah, we so. don't, and we don't know what race they are. So true. They could be any race. They could I be think. from Sacramento. They could be. Yeah. I already answered this. But what was your best collecting moment? Best collecting moment was basically when I was offered the coin sculpt. That solidified to me that I was still respectable enough within the hobby that the <laughs> owner of those coin sculpts offered them to me. And as I had made comment to you earlier, not recorded, but I made comment in discussion. It's like I knew I was kind of in and out, in and out. I would come and go and just to still have that respect. And people know, okay, I'm a stormtrooper guy. So when Bob Worth, who had them, was selling them, he contacted me and offered them up to me. For me, it was a great honor. Right. And I've had that moment a few other times with some other collectors, but I think that was the first time I was offered anything really, really major and super expensive, but major <laughs> that I was just like, okay, I'm in instant panic mode. I have to figure out how I'm going to get these pieces. Right. And it was just an honor that he thought of me. Yes, that strange moment where you're like, I'm so, I'm, I can't believe I get the honor to spend all this money for, with you, but it is true. It is a big moment to be uh, to be offered something that, that great. Well, that's cool. That's uh, another good, uh, unique answer. And now we're going to really make you go black or white here. Okay, It's the burning house question. Okay. Only one thing. It doesn't have to be from your focus. It doesn't have to be valuable. It doesn't have to be personal, whatever you want. But the house is burning. You can only grab one thing. And don't talk about you know friends or family or whatever. We're talking Star Wars toys. What's the one thing you grab? It'd have to be the sculpt. The sculpt. All right. It'd have to be the sculpt. So that answers the question. We got a thumbs up from Mark. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, unless there's any other questions from uh, from you guys here, I think we've uh, learned a little bit about what makes. Uh, oh, hey, why Ocean's Eleven? Why is that your uh, screen name? Ocean's Eleven because I was a big fan of 
the movie, and this leads to the question of, well, Sinatra or George Clooney? And my answer is yes to both. I was right. Uh, one of the things that I was into when I was working record stores is I liked Frank Sinatra. Went through a spell of yeah, I really into Frank Sinatra, and you know, watched the movies like the Ocean's Eleven movie. Saw the remake with Clooney. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Okay, you know, I can deal with it as a remake and liked it well enough. So when I first signed up with Rebel Scum, I was like, well, what do I do? Okay, I'll do Ocean's Eleven. Okay. And I've been Ocean's Eleven ever since, and there are some people out there who keep <laughs> urging me to change, John Alvarez, and I refuse. <laughs> the benevolent and, grump of the hobby, yes. And I, and I know that every time there's a meet, that it's going to be, this is Don, Ocean's Eleven on Rebel Scum, right. and I accept that, <laughs> and I actually take pride in it, because yeah. it's just... My collection, it's, you know, I use it to identify with who I am. And as my signature on the board is, which is from the Oceans of Eleven movie, and any other town, they'd be the bad guys. And right. I thought that worked really well with the Stormtroopers. Yeah, there you go. So you can always tie whatever it is in your life to your collecting. You can always make it work somehow. Well, thanks for uh, yakking to our face, and uh, we'll see you on the boards. Thanks for uh, talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> More the heads. When you want Star Wars figures made in cement, the colors so pretty, the texture so gritty, inside, outside, the outer sight, made just for you by Mac and Wright. That's www.juzium.com backslash mortarheads. Thanks again to our $2 sponsor. Now for our We Really Do Care feedback section. Someday you Here at the Kivecast, we really do care. Give us a call at 1-877-77-WAMPA or email us at podcast at the SWCA dot com. That number again is eight seven seven. Well, I'm, I'm a little disheartened, Steve, because uh, we only got we got two calls on the uh, Wampa line. One was five seconds, and went like this, beep, <laughs> and then the other one, the person didn't say who they were. So if you want to call back again with your thoughts on AFA, it's pretty interesting saying how, you know, he, he was arguing in favor of AFA, not so much you grading, but just AFA and liking the condition, uh, guarantee, and, and that was neat, but, uh, and the sound quality was, was kind of mezzo-mezzo. But anyways, uh, the good news is no one called in on the bad idea I had for the debate, which we didn't even debate, so, <laughs> so that works out. Um, but uh, we did get a... An email. Uh, so this is uh, Jimmy Tupac, known as David on the boards, a known expert on Tupacs. And uh, he very reasonably took umbrage at what I said. Now, first I want to say, anytime I make fun of anything, whether it's Steve's focus or my own inability to do something or anything, I'm just kidding around, including Tupacs. I like Tupacs. But uh, last, uh, last podcast, and he said some very nice words about the show, which I appreciate. And then he said he just did not like what I said when I said, and I'm going to quote myself here, What they wound up doing with multi-packs in Return of the Jedi line was the two-pack, which, <sighs> it's an interesting area to collect. I have a couple. They usually wound up taking the least interesting character, package it with the second least interesting character, take away the weapons, and apparently sit on the bubble. 
Now, that is the funniest thing I've said on the Kivecast, but that doesn't make it true. Uh, so, uh, Jimmy sent in some very hard data to uh, refute all of my claims. And what he said here, and I really like how he said this, he said that mu- mu- much of this is based on assumption. Not only does this distort the reality for new collectors, but it now becomes a permanent part of our shared collecting history, which is unfortunate. So, I like the idea that somehow this, uh, this Kivecast can become a part of the shared collecting history. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to let uh, Steve read, read some of his, uh, his email here. So here's, according to David, the reality of the two-pack. All right, here's the reality. Statistically based on known examples, Han Solo and Trench Coat is the most common Return of Jedi two-pack character. Next closest character is at least 35% less in total numbers. I would argue from a kid's perspective, and even a collector's, that a major hero like Han is not the absolute least interesting character in the entire line. Please note that at least 70% of the characters are Return of Jedi movie characters. Secondly, 99% of the figures came from Return of the Jedi cards uh, or loose right off the factory molds and 50-gallon drums. 50 gallons? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is all stuff that's new to me, so I'm, I'm, it's interesting. This is cool, yeah. Um, at, at least those... Or, uh, let's see, at, at that time, time... Sorry, we go. At that time that those factors were making figures that would have gone on Return of the Jedi cards, 1983-84, they were all carded in Asia and sent to, the, to CT Corp in New York City for distribution at KB Toys and a few other toy stores. That meant that while you may have many Han Trenches and Maydeans, you also had other non-Return of the Jedi movie characters, as well as uh, which would have wound up on Return of the Jedi cards and stores. Examples would be original Princess Leia Organa, Darth Vader, Ben Kenobi, and Chewbacca. All right, I'll continue here. Without providing you uh, with my entire database, let it suffice to say that in addition to Han Solo and Trenchcoat being number one, other interesting characters that are known in substantial numbers include Darth Vader, Princess Leia, C-3PO, Hoth Stormtrooper, IG-88, etc. And he also asks, is Squidhead interesting? To which I say, well, I'm not going to say anything, because uh, I'm, I'm getting Dude, in trouble I, here. I love Squidhead. Yeah, no, I, I have a personal thing against Squidhead, because he, he scared me, much like Bib Fortuna. But <laughs> anyways, so he said, also, uh, I'm quoting again, remember that these ROTJ2 packs that we see as collectors were the ones that survived, primarily unpurchased or late-purchased examples that were unopened. This would explain why it's hard to find Stormtroopers and Chewbacca's in two packs, as they were logically the very first ones purchased and opened by kids. Does that mean that those characters were interesting? I don't know. Um, and this is his next point, and I, I think this, this will go to help, uh, help uh, mend things with Steve. So he says that making a statement that these were the least and second least interesting figures also, I think, is hurtful to those focus collectors who may find characters like the B-Wing pilot and Gamorrean Guard to be incredibly interesting. <laughs> so, Steve, I, I'm sorry, and everyone else who, who collects uh, non-major characters, I... I kid. But, it's all uh, in good fun. Yeah. And then he, he goes on to say that they didn't take away their weapons as they just didn't include them. 93% of the time. I'm going to call that... I maybe, I'm maybe... 93% of the time, that's pretty much not including weapons. But uh, I do have one Chewbacca with a weapon. And it's, it's pretty awesome. So anyways, uh, that's that's the message from David. And I really appreciate that he wrote in. It's thanks a, for the, the info. I really... I mean, there was just stuff that I had not... I've never... I don't own a two-pack, so it's it's stuff that I would never have known about. Right. And you'd think if Mr. Jerk over here was right, there'd be tons of B-Wings because they're uninteresting. <laughs> I don't think... I haven't seen many, actually. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> or maybe everyone was opening them up to play with them. But uh, anyways, so so thank you so much on that. I think that's pretty much it, Steve. And our, as our, far as feedback goes, yeah. yeah. As, our, as our crazy two-part uh, podcast goes here, just one in the studio and then one live at the convention. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Steve? 
We're split in time, man. This is this is tripping me out. It is, yeah. It's uh, it, oh, it's it's a it's an off week for Lost, so uh, <laughs> need a little bit of, a little bit of play time with the uh, with time. And currently, I'm gonna check the scores here. Yes, I am currently still in first place. So uh, and I moved up to fourth from yeah, sixth. You moved I, up to fourth. I actually sixth. made forward progress. Yeah, we made forward progress here. So uh, Wampa Wampa. Chewbacca, Luke, and Princess Leia, they're the Star Wars early bird set of figures. These action figures are not yet available, but this Star Wars early bird certificate package is in stores with its colorful Star Wars picture display stand and certificate this podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars Hall names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive. Unless otherwise... More the heads, more the heads, when you want Star Wars figures made in cement, 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 cement.